Before we get into the show, let me quickly tell you about a new podcast I've discovered. Truth, Lies and Workplace Culture is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. What's so exciting for me is that this show is hosted by husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, who are fellow Manx. Yeah, they are fellow Mancunians. We are from the same city. And Leanne and I realized we actually at one point lived in the exact same area. What a small world. So in their podcast, Al and Leanne are dispelling myths, imparting wisdom, and answering all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Leanne's a business psychologist, and Al has led and owned multiple businesses over the past 20 years. Together, they blend theory and practice to help business owners and leaders simplify consumer psychology. Now, as a copywriter who loves figuring out what makes people tick and what makes them buy, I really enjoyed their episode with Phil Agnew. It's called What Makes Your Team Say Yes? Exploring the Psychology of Influence. Go check it out. Listen to Truth, Lies and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcasts. In 2022, my business made six figures in revenue. And that was with me taking a little more than four months off work. Now, I wasn't necessarily aiming to hit six figures that year. In fact, because I had a brand new baby, I decided I wouldn't set a financial goal at all. I didn't want the added pressure, so I was just planning to go with the flow and see what happened. Well, by October, I realized I was pretty close to hitting 100k, so I went for it. A month later, I'd secured 21k in sales and flown past my six-figure goal. I'd always thought something would shift inside me the moment I hit 100k. I don't know if I'd expected balloons to fall from the ceiling for music to start playing and for cash to start blowing all around me like in one of those wacky game shows. But nothing happened. Nothing immediately changed. However, within a few weeks, something did start to feel a little different. I mean, minus the pressure I now felt to keep growing my business and earn more and more and more, I felt a little more confident as a business owner. I felt like people would take me just a little more seriously. I started taking myself a little more seriously. But why? Not that there's any shame in wanting to make more money. I am so for it. I am interested to know though, why six figures means so much to me, to us as a community of business owners. Why is the idea of six figures so coveted? And why are we willing to work so hard and in some cases sacrifice so much in order to get there? 2022 was the one year I didn't join a mastermind or pay a business coach a lot of money to help me achieve my business goals. But I can totally understand how having this hyper focus on six figures can lead you to making some bad choices and bad investments. Kind of like Leanne Kasani did when she first started out in business six years ago. I'm remembering throwing thousands of pounds at a business coach to make six figures a month when I was barely making 1,000. In my mind at the time, I just thought, I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I thought, okay, let me get someone who is seasoned. They call themselves a business coach, so surely they must know what they're doing. 
and who can fast track me? Let's fast track this train. <laughs> Do this. On today's show, self-transformation coach Layinka Sani talks about how desperately wanting to make six figures in her business made her spend thousands of pounds on a high ticket coaching program she wasn't ready for and that ultimately left her feeling even worse about her ability to run a successful business. I think there's this perceived door that one enters into when they have entered the realm of six figures and that that life is where everything that you have thought or everything that you thought was impossible or inaccessible to you is now accessible to you but i recognize that you have to have been in a particular income bracket or like your family had to be in a particular income bracket for six figures to be attractive to you mm. otherwise it's just a number welcome to mistakes that made me the podcast that asks extraordinary business owners to share their biggest business mistake so you know what not to do on your road to success. My name's Iman Ismail and I'm an email strategist and copywriter for online business owners and e-commerce brands. I'm a podcast lover, a pizza binger, a proud mama of two, and I have this radical idea that if maybe us business owners were a little less guarded and a lot more open about the mistakes we've made, we could help each other grow a business that brings us more joy and less regret. Leinka, I have to tell you that Iman is a teenager, maybe 17, 18 years old. I am reading stuff that you have written in publications that I love and read and I'm looking at you and I'm thinking okay Leinka looks like me Leinka wears a hijab a headscarf like me Leinka is a writer like I want to be maybe I can do this so I need you to know before we do anything else how pivotal you have been in my career and just having someone to look up to and to see someone doing it and to know that, okay, if Lane Crew is doing it, I can do it too. So that's how much this means to me, you being here today. So thank you so much for being here. Oh gosh, straight for the heart there, Iman. Thank you so much. Straight to it. Just amazing Muslim women like you and Naima B. Robert and Khadija Haley and Janet Kozak and I, Brooke Bonwas. These just women just leading the way and showing me what is possible. And all of these women were business owners. You're a business owner. All the women I just named are, you know, brilliant business owners too. And, you know, I tried to do this business, whole business thing, like at least two times before the third time actually worked. And it was watching women like you doing it and thinking, okay, it's possible. I can do it. They can do it. I can do it. Keep going. So thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Tell us who you are and what you do. I am a self-transformation coach and I support women to become the next best version of themselves. And I like that term because life is a continual journey of growth and healing. I love that. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the transformations, the self-transformations that you help women achieve. So... A typical woman will come in on the outside. She looks amazing on the outside. She's getting stuff done. She is there for her people. She's holding it down. 
she looks like she is made, but on the inside, she is battling self-loathing and self-doubt. She is battling thoughts of beliefs that she can't do it, that she can't make it, that she's not good enough, that she's a failure. And the transformation is not an outside transformation. It's an internal transformation, which sometimes can be the most difficult because it's how we feel and how we think. And that can't be quantified externally so easily, right? But she knows those women, they come and they know that, oh, today feels lighter. That, that inner critic, she's not there so much. I'm able to be warmer with my family, able to be present, able to actually engage in conversations, able to say yes to what drives me and no to what doesn't vibe with me. And those give her the indication that ah, there's been healing there and there's growth there and there's movement there and I've stopped that mess. And that for me is, th- these are the gems that I live to hear. And for the women to really excavate the light that already is within them and all the things that I believe already exist in them and to bring forth their gifts, whatever their gifts look like. You have been described as a Muslim influencer. I once heard someone, yeah, okay. This is why I'm (laughs) asking you because that face, that face you made that the listeners can't see. This is what I'm interested in. So you are, you're a business owner. You, I mean, I go on your Instagram and you have 50 odd thousand followers. You are very well known within the Muslim community, especially amongst Muslim women. You have a YouTube show called Honesty Talk. That is amazing, brilliant, where you discuss Mm -hmm. issues that pertain to Muslim women that maybe we we discuss with each other, but wouldn't see, you know, we discuss with our closest friend, but wouldn't see really women discussing on a public platform like that is so needed and I heard someone call you a Muslim influencer and I feel like this is the first time we are actually speaking like this face to face but I already felt like I knew enough about you to know that that's not how you describe yourself (laughs) so what is it about that term that like made you make that icky face okay (laughs) what is it about that term I think there is a connotation with that term of it of there being a a superficialness, if that's a word. And when I hear of influencers, a lot of the time it's, especially for women, influencing in regards to external, so beauty and lifestyle. Nothing wrong with that. That's your vibe. Do you, baby? But for me, to be associated with that word, I've come a long way, actually. I don't like the word, but I've come to recognize that in the position that I have with a number of people who, if I were to put them in a stadium, it would blow my mind how many people are actually legit following me on on socials and how I can recommend a book. God, am I going to cry on the podcast? I probably will cry on the podcast, but I can recommend a book and there will be someone who will DM me and say, oh, I got the book. That frightens me to know that something that I put, like everything I put out there is being watched and there are people taking what I say as almost direct commands. And so I'm cautious. That's why I generally don't recommend things online 
like on my platforms because I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be responsible. But also I recognize, okay, if I am considered an influencer, what can I use this position, this platform to influence people too? And so when I flip that fear and that, ugh, that ick around the word and I use it in a way, and I think about it in a way that's empowering, that's useful, that is, that can be life-changing and transformational, that can be hope-fueling. It brings me a sense of ease. Like, okay, if I am seen and perceived in this way, and I'm to embrace the fact that I am a person who influences, what influence can I have on someone's heart today? Mm, that's so interesting. And I think as you were talking, I was thinking, that's power. And that mm. is scary. And I, from my perspective as someone who's like looking in on the outside, I feel like I'm always a little wary of people who seem to be like seeking influence and fame because it's just, it's a little, for me, it's like, it's a little distrustworthy. I'm just like, mm, why do you want it so bad? Like what, what is it that you're seeking? Right. But with you, you're magnetic. Like you, 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 people are drawn to you. You know, you're not seeking that people are just drawn to you because of what you have to say I mean I was going through your Instagram and your videos and you just um you have a way with words and with people as well and so I, I know this this interview is going to be great just kind of diving into behind the scenes of your business so tell us a bit about your business tell us you know tell us about how you got started tell us what your team looks like if you have a team I think you do and tell us, you know, how you get paid, how you make your money. I love the fact that I always say to my team, I've got a team of five women behind me. And I say, I'm just a pretty face, guys. You guys are doing the work. <laughs> you know, I couldn't do half of the things that I do without the phenomenal women that I have on my team. And I'm grateful that it is a woman strong team that has definitely been intentional in in being able to further the lives of other women it's it's yeah it's a dream how do we get paid we get paid by well talking <laughs> talking and asking questions <laughs> the the little leyinka's dream you know to just ask questions and make money i thought i was going to be a lawyer but no. Wow. I Well, no, no, no. My uncle thought I was going to be a liar. And I did study law for a year. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> no. That is, <laughs> that is another Not one. And so I went into teaching. And so when people ask, how did you start here? I'm like, I didn't plan to. I, it was brought to me. I started in the client seat myself, working on my own issues, uh, focusing on my own transformation, had no intention of helping anyone else at all so when my therapist or the NLP practitioner that I was working with at the time she said why aren't you doing this work because <laughs> I don't want to and okay what are you talking about helping people change their lives Do you understand the responsibility because at the time I was a teacher and also doing writing coaching and editing on the side and editing is editing and teaching easy you have defined outcomes. You know, you can tick the boxes, mm -hmm. you know? It is smooth. 
to get to those outcomes as long as you follow the trajectory and you know so it was it was nice now coaching what how what's the outcome number one and how do I get to this defined outcome number two how long is it going to take to get to this I haven't got all all of my life (laughs) to get someone to a defined outcome and it was just petrifying I remember describing it to her like standing at the edge of a cliff and I will jump and where will I land? It sounded petrifying and she directed me to the fact that it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be flying solo. You know, I'd have my creator guiding me to and through it all. And so what's, what's the thing to fear anyway? And so I thought, okay, I trained in NLP, neuro linguistic programming. And I started to, I started to, to get clients. That's a lie. I didn't start to get clients. I started hustling hard for clients. <laughs> we know about that hustle. Let's, let's keep it real, baby. <laughs> uh, we know about that hustle. Let's not paint a six-figure magic wand. Oh, and I, I invested so much in different things because, you know, when you start business, no one tells you the truth. Those business coaches, yeah? Mm. No one told tells you the truth of after you've done your training and after you've set up your website and after you've set up your calendar and after you've done all of the things, there are crickets for days. <laughs> yes. Yes. There are legit crickets for days. And then you have to get people to believe in you. And then you have this whole, am I good enough story going on in the background? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to go and see a therapist about that and dealing with all of your childhood wounds around being good enough. I swear. Yeah. I swear. It was, I wish, I wish there were more truths being told. And I love, this is why I love your podcast. I love the fact that we can bring it real and we can talk about our journey and we can keep it 100 and we can say it's rewarding and mm-hmm. hard. There is money in it and it might take some time. (laughs) You know, there are clients out there and you might have to stand on a corner with a placard to say my services are here, (laughs) you know, like that, that, that the realness of it is that I, I invested in ads straight off the bat. Why? Why did I need to invest in ads? I don't know if I did it. I did that. I was for my ads were to get more Facebook followers, more Facebook likes on my Facebook page. That is, I don't even use anymore. I had no clue what I was doing. None. None. I was throwing money left, right and center because you have to invest to get money out in. You you need to invest in to get money out. That's Mm -hmm. what I was thinking, right? So putting my face all over the place, not knowing what the heck I was doing with Facebook ads. That was a fun money waster that once. <laughs> yeah. And did it bring me clients? I think I may have in my first year, I may have made, I may have had like four, three, four clients in my first year because I, I just didn't know what I was doing. But then fast forward to now where six years down the line, almost seven affected and impacted thousands of women worldwide in countries that I have vowed that I need to create a list of all the countries so I can go and visit every single one. It's, it's, it's phenomenal to think, you know, of the journey and how far 
seven years in the making, basically, to, to get to this place of being able to serve women, to come with heart and love and women to come with their heart and love and to transform lives. And I, I always call it an honor to do this work. You know, I, I don't call it work. The work is the business side of stuff, you know, <laughs> but even even then when I kind of sit with the purpose of it and I just center myself and grind my, ground myself into the why, you know, why am I fighting taxes? <laughs> why am I, you know, having to deal with this paperwork or reply to that email? There's a, there's a large why that this all feeds into. So it's not frivolous. It's not nonsensical. It has a purpose. It serves a purpose. And it's part of the purpose that I feel that I'm, I'm, I've been created to serve. So it helps. It helps those days of filing the taxes. Mm. Can I just say one of the most profound things I've ever heard you say, and I heard you say it years ago, at least three years ago, but it's always stayed with me, is if you have a gift or a talent that you are, that you're denying, and you're denying it because you want to make yourself small, you know, you want to make yourself smaller, that is you displaying ingratitude to a gift that your lord has given you that he wants you to use and it was when i say profound mind-blowing i remember the exact place i was when i heard you say that and i have i have a history of trying to make myself smaller and you know i don't know how to take compliments i don't know how to accept nice things that people say the very first thing i think to do is just put myself down to make them feel comfortable to make me feel a little bit more comfortable but hearing you say that made me just rethink everything everything it is ingratitude it's you displaying ingratitude to a lord who's given you this gift and as muslim women we you know we believe very strongly in in god in destiny and the fact that we have that everything happens for a reason and we have been given you know these gifts or specific talents for a reason. Mind-blowing, Lianka. Mind-blowing. And you know, see, this is, this is part of my, my, my thing about influence. I forget a lot of the things that I say. <laughs> Can you imagine? You say a lot of <laughs> things. When, and when people say, yeah, and you said, I'm like, I said that? Oh, damn. Okay, that's good. That is girl. <laughs> It shakes me like, oh, God, what else have I said that could be not that great? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a real moment. It was a moment. And, you know, you spoke about going to therapy and your whole business starting off in therapy. And when I heard the reason that you went to therapy, I like gasped because we don't hear women, mothers particularly, be so forthcoming about something like this. You said the reason you went to therapy or started therapy was because you had this moment it was a particular day where you were being, I don't know, passive aggressive to your kids or there's just, there's a lot going on. And then you just had this moment where you thought to yourself, if I die today, what will my kids say about me? Like, what will they have to say about me? Will it be good? And you weren't happy with what that answer would be. So that was it. You took yourself off to therapy to work yeah. on yourself. Yeah. And, you know, that is a level of honesty that we don't see. 
And I feel and I feel like it was a real it was another moment for me because I my situation is right now my son is I have an older son six and a younger son who is just turned one and I don't get a lot of sleep. So <laughs> I am sleep deprived a lot. I'm still nursing and it's just a lot. So I felt my like, you know, irritability levels very high. I am not the patient calm mother I used to be as a mother of just one child and so it hit I mean and I've been noticing that about myself and so it's something I've been working on very much so because I'm very keen to just just work on myself and sort it out but it was amazing to me that you actually that you said that out loud I always feel like oh my god you said it out loud like can we say things like can we admit things like that? Doesn't yeah. that make us a bad mother? Doesn't that make us a bad woman? Doesn't make us a bad person? I yeah. I how many of us are holding what we will label as shame stories? It's a shame story at the end of the day. That moment that I had this outburst and this meltdown with my two eldest at the time and just locked myself in the bathroom. And the bathroom was my safe place at the time because it was the only place that I could lock and they couldn't come in. I just saw myself and I thought, man, who are you? That was a question that came over and over again. Like, who are you? I couldn't recognize the woman that I was. And that question has was such a pivotal question. I, I call it a divine download because honestly, I don't think it's a question that we would choose to ask ourselves consciously because <laughs> mm. it is a soul-bearing question when you have to face the truth of what would be in my obituary if my children were to w- write one for me if I were to die today what would they say what would they have to remember what would be those memories that they would have of me and it wasn't good it's just passive aggression negativity just always angry yeah I was spinning Tons of plates at the time, granted, but still, but still, mm-hmm. you know, and it was definitely an eye-opening moment for me. And it also, the, the why do I share it? I share it because number one, to show that my journey didn't start because I wanted to be doing this work and coaching and helping women. It started first by me checking myself and that call to allow women to know the importance, humans really, but people to know the importance of checking ourselves and being honest with ourselves and not running from the answer. Yes, the answers are ugly and they are heart-wrenching and they are heartbreaking and they can tear you apart. And they are also the splitting, like the seed to beautiful growth. If we so choose for them to be that Mm. We're, we're at that point we're at the fork of in the road right we can choose the path we can choose to carry on self-loving and just being the same or we can choose a path of change whatever that looks like whatever that looks like it doesn't have to be therapy but some kind of trajectory towards change and so i i i chose the tra- trajectory towards change and i share that so that others can choose that for themselves and ask themselves that honest question if you were to write your obituary if your children your family were to write that about you okay yeah some people are just hella nasty and they're not really nice <laughs> ignore those people <laughs> no, ignore those people <laughs> or those who love and care about you 
who know you and truly kind of see you and experience you, what would they say? You know, would you be happy for that to be your legacy that you leave? And that for me was the thing, the legacy that I leave with my kids. Heck, I know that they're going to need therapy when they're older. I've got a therapy fund for them. That mother that I was, you know, okay, kids, I cause, I cause the problem. Let me help you call, let me help you move towards the repair, you know? So I know that they're going to have things to say to their therapist. I say to my son, you're going to talk to your therapist about that. He said, yeah, I said, okay. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And we can only do the best that we can do. Like we can do the best that we can do. And there are going to be some experiences that our kids have, right? That are not going to be, that are not. In our estimation of things, we were doing our best. We were great. But when they sit to speak to the therapist, they're like, well, you know, that look that she gave me, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just what it is. So I, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing my best and that's it. That's it. And I think I, I learned that in therapy that, you know, as, as I was unpacking my, like, all my stuff, it was this realization of this is just inevitable. Like, no matter what we do, no matter how great we are or we think we are, there's always that stuff that we hand over to the next generation as much as we try not to. It's yep. inevitable. It really is. And all we can do is just try to be better. And I think give them the tools to be able to work through it. Because I tell you what, there was no one There was, well, put it this way. When I first started doing therapy, I did not tell my family that I was doing therapy because I was like, they are going to think I'm completely insane like this is not something we do we don't do therapy we just keep it together and you just like keep going right my grandma imagine gosh I still to this day like my family will say my my grandma had has been through so so much and um she just she just lived through it and dealt with it and so one of the things I always think is god imagine if my grandma knew I was going to therapy she'd think what's wrong with this generation you know pull it pull you know get it get yourself together and all we can do is, I guess, just create the way for the next generation. So I know therapy is good and therapy is okay. And now my son will know that that's an option for him as well. And then it's okay. Yeah. And we're getting there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. Lenka, let me move on to the reason we're here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lenka, <laughs> what is the mistake that made you? I chose to run before I could walk. You chose to run before you could walk. Okay, let's dig into that. What does that mean? What what exactly are you remembering or thinking of? I'm remembering throwing thousands of pounds at a business coach to make six figures because, you know, the six figures. And it's funny, that number is still floating around six years later. But yeah, I thought we would have moved on from there. But yeah, to make six figures a month when I was barely making 1,000. When you were barely making 1,000? Barely, yeah. I told you I wanted to quit my job. (laughs) Okay, I mean, there's, oh gosh, there's so much I want to say. So take me back to you, maybe maybe six years ago, five, six years ago. You're making a thousand pounds a month. Barely. Okay, barely. Oh gosh, barely. <laughs> so what are you thinking when you are, you, you meet this coach? What are you thinking? Where are you thinking this is going to take you? Why is this a good idea? So 
in my mind at the time, I just thought, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how to run a business, what, how to get clients, what this entrepreneurial world is all about. At the time, even though I was an editor, that was, I didn't need to hustle for clients. People came to me. They, they came to me. <laughs> so I could sit there and people would say, oh, I need you to edit my book because it was word of mouth, right? People see the outcome. Oh, who edited your book for you? Oh, it was Yanka. Okay, cool. And that's, it was all just referrals and word of mouth. I didn't need to put, I did not need to advertise my services. In fact, I chose not to because I had too many clients at a time and there was a max I could do, I could take on while I was teaching. So this whole world of finding clients and needing to put stuff on socials, I was not using social media like that, you know? And so I thought, okay, let me get someone who is seasoned. They call themselves a business coach, so surely they must know what they're doing. And who can fast track me? Let's fast track this train. Do this. I don't have time for all of this stuff. Just take me to the destination, please. Get me here to over there in the quickest time possible. And yeah, I, I, I threw, I threw money. I do want to talk to the practice of telling someone who clearly is in a challenging financial situation that they aren't investing because they got a money mindset issue. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I, I, okay. I get it. Sometimes there are those of us who fear putting money down for anything. That could be for flights, for shoes, for like, we're scared of putting money down. There are some of us who have that. And there are some of us who are more strategic with how we spend our money. Maybe we use a particular budget and if it's not fit in the budget, then it's getting, it's putting, put aside. Cool. But there's, there, there are also some of us who the heart yearns and wants to invest in that thing and wants to buy that thing or whatever it is. And we check the bank balance and we see it's not reflecting. It's not reflecting the thing, right? <laughs> it's just not. We've all been there. It's, it's, and so you're looking at the bank balance and you're like, I want this thing. I can't go rob a bank, you know? And then you have someone who will tell you, go and get a loan. That was the position I was put in. But I didn't get the loan. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Can I just say, so I had Tarzan K. I don't know if you know Tarzan K. She's a, she's a copywriter. On this show, last week we recorded an episode. The entire interview is about the worrying practices in the coaching industry around launching about this. So if this is something you're interested in, go check out that episode and listen to Tarzan talk about her experience because it's fascinating. She was one of those coaches, maybe not telling people to go get a loan, but she sees herself as being one of those coaches who was in that kind of, you know, position. And she moved out of that and is now on the other side of it and is, you know, rethinking the way she did everything and how she launches, how she coaches, all that good stuff. Fascinating conversation. And I am just so glad you did not take that loan and I think it's despicable that people are in that position telling you to do things like that despicable it's disgusting I I think 
when someone is coming to you for help, they are already in a vulnerable position. Whatever that help looks like, they are already in a vulnerable position. And then to suggest a loan, which is a financial vulnerability, that just increases any sort of anxiety they may be feeling already about getting help, right? And so I'm grateful that I didn't. It's my mind was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I did. I did instead propose another way to be able to get her the money without having to go down that route. But the idea, but even then, I didn't realize how problematic it was to have someone tell you that Mm -hmm. this is what you should be like. If you aren't doing that, then you aren't committed enough then you don't want it enough then you're not dedicated enough and I still went ahead and worked with this person even though she had told me that because you trusted her you trusted because her. I because I trusted her I I did I just thought okay I'm just not going to do do this but even through that that whole thing about mindset and if you're not making the money if the clients don't come in it's because of your mindset mm-hmm. that was definitely I don't know why I don't see the flags the the, the red flags were flagging you know there were all over the place but I didn't see that because I just saw someone who I assumed was making six figures heck I didn't even know she was making six figures I did not clarify that that's a whole different conversation isn't it like how much are you making yeah I how much are you making can I see your receipts please you know because there are a lot of people who are business coaches and their business is failing they're not they're not thriving in their in their business and then they're using the, the the desires of other people to to get ahead and speed up ahead mm-hmm. as you know they're just clawing them in sadly but yeah I I decided to run and to go try and go gung ho it was wouldn't say traumatic but it wasn't fruitful I don't even know if I got a single client in that time I don't remember. I just remember it being very stressful and journaling my heart out while there were tears splattering on my journal page. Wow. Because feelings of failure were massive. For me at the time, the money was, and the, and the number of clients coming in were a f- reflection of me. That's how I, that, that was how I saw myself and what I believed. So if people weren't working with me, it's because I, was a failure it's because I wasn't good enough it was so all of these buried things is what I said all of the buried things that I had about myself were just they just surfaced and I know that that then posed as a block because with everything that I put out there was doubt riddled in that you know and you probably could tell from the copy or from whatever I I put out there that yeah that she doesn't even believe in herself Mm. um sadly and that that relationship ended. There was an opportunity to renew, and I just thought, nah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I've learned from this that I need to take it back a notch and embrace where I am right now, rather than looking at this shiny object over there. That I don't even know if it existed if, at the time. I don't know if I really believed in it or if it was just because it was the number at the time or the thing that everyone was promising that made me just go for it or the desperation to 
get out of my teaching job, which I, I loved teaching. I just didn't like the bureaucracy around it. That's another mm. conversation. But I wanted to make it, whatever make it meant. <laughs> At the time, it was six figures for me. So, yeah. Um, no, I'm wondering, you said that you felt... At the time, if I'm not getting clients, if I'm not making money, this is my fault. This is a reflection of me. But I also wonder if maybe you were being fed that narrative too, because there is this whole thing of if you join my program, you're going to be amazingly successful. And if it doesn't work, it's on you. Like if they really do, like coaches do say this, it's on you because you didn't implement correctly or you have mind blocks and limiting beliefs that are stopping you from achieving. So it's still all, mm. it's all you. So was that narrative kind of coming your way? Not the money block stuff. Yes, that was. There were some things around mindset. Like, do you want it enough? Do you believe it enough? Does your heart believe that you can get it? And honestly, at the time, I would say no. Because I just want the thing. Can we skip the whole mindset thing and just get to the mic? <laughs> Please, thank you. Yeah, please. This is what I actually paid you for. <laughs> for the strategy, for the whatever. Like, give me the magic goose. Give that me the secret. Give me the eggs. Yes. <laughs> you know, the golden eggs. Yeah. You know? Where is it? And then you dig down and you get to the middle of the forest and there's no goose, no eggs, nothing. <laughs> it was, it was a learning. It was a learning. And I'm, I'm grateful because it forced me to have to step back and check myself. And again, it, it provided me with the opportunity to look at the beliefs that I did have because they were just old. They were old things and they were challenging some, some things that I thought, you know, I had overcome over the years because I haven't sat in the client seat, et cetera. You know, yeah, I've done this. I'm, I'm okay. I'm healed. I'm fixed. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm untouchable out here, but. I was proven that that was not the case. And for anyone in that, in starting out, I, I rem remember a friend recently, <laughs> she started a business and she said, I'm getting business coach. And I said, why? <laughs> she sounded like me <laughs> seven years ago. And I said to her, okay, if that's what you really want to do, I don't advise it though. But sometimes some people have to go on their own journey. But what I did ask her is, what do you need a coach for? Is it because of the money? Like, is it for that? Or is it something else? Is it trying to set up your systems? Trying to set up your processes? Things that I wish my coach had actually helped me with, because that's stuff that I'm doing, that I've been working on the last two, three years, right? Especially now having a team. But you know, I, I asked her, you know, what are the things that you need a coach for? Once you are clear on your outcomes, you can see if a coach is what you need or if it's something else. And I wish someone had asked me that, like that question. What is it specifically? What are the specific outcomes that you feel you get by being coached? Mm. And that can help you to start thinking about the kind of person you want to work with. If the person is just a we will help you to get to six figures, kind of give you the exact formula and the exact steps and the step-by-step -step strategy. You know the copyright. It's, mm -hmm. it's the same kind of language recycled and repeated over and over again. If that is what they are saying, maybe they aren't the coach for you. Maybe they are. But you have to know what you want. 
And I think that's the problem, isn't it? So many of us don't know what we want. And I think we we go to the coach because we want them to tell us what we want and what we need. And what we should do. Just tell me yes. what to do and I'll do all the things. And I did all the things. That's the thing. I sent the emails. I wrote the sales script. I did everything that she told me to do because I come from a background of needing to be the good student. Mm. Recovering perfectionist. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the, I will do the thing. I will do the formula. Yes. I am yes, so yes, yes. But even still, she can't control the results. Absolutely. 100%. So those promises are scary to make because the outcome is not in is not in the step-by-step strategy, actually, as much as we'd like to believe it is. Yeah, and there's just so much that I want to say right now, so much going through my mind. I don't even think we have time to go through everything that's on my mind right now, but some of the things I'm thinking is, you know, I have I have a mastermind and I specifically don't make any monetary promises, guarantees, because I just can't guarantee that. Nobody can guarantee it. And I, I know that every single time someone joins, I feel, of course, super excited, but also a huge weight of responsibility on my shoulders. And I think that's from this concept Islamically called an amana, which is is a trust. This person has entrusted you with so much, with with their trust, with their, you know, belief in you and their their hope, their dreams often, you know. And as a mother, I know that whenever I join anything, whenever I join any program or course, that is quite literally money that could have gone to feeding my children. And so I think that way when someone joins my thing, like they, this could have fed them, their children, their family that, you know, it's huge. And I, and I don't know if some people realize or even maybe think, think about that aspect of just what a trust is that someone is entrusting you with something so big. So that's one of the things. And another thing I want to ask you is, what is this thing around six figures? Because, I mean, you're the coach. So please, you're the ex, you're the self-transformation expert. Please tell yeah. me, because I have definitely had the goal of hitting six figures. And I did it, and it felt great. Well, then I was like, okay, but wait, what does this mean? Like, what do I, what am, like, what do I believe about myself? What am I supposed to believe about myself? Like, am I a suddenly like a better person am I better qualified to do my job am I like what does this mean why do we seek it so much what is it about this because I I can tell you now I got to this point and I'm like oh damn you need a lot more than a hundred thousand to run a successful company like and so now you're not even enjoying the milestone that you've been working towards you just look into the other milestone trying to get to the next milestone yep text man's happy though Taxman is very happy. <laughs> very happy. <laughs> Me? Taxman is rooting for you. It's <laughs> like, go Emat. Keep going. Keep hitting those milestones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, I don't know what it is with that number. I don't know what it is. It's this. I don't even know why we haven't settled on five. Why not five? Why not even four? What is it about six figures? I think there's this perceived door that one enters into when they have entered the realm of six figures. And that, that life is where everything that you have thought 
or everything that you saw was impossible or inaccessible to you is now accessible to you. Those holidays or those things that you have set, always had your heart set on, now those things are accessible to you. But I recognize that you have to have been in a particular income bracket or like your family had to be in a particular income bracket for six figures to be attractive to you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just a number. But from, for those of us that don't come from wealthy backgrounds mm-hmm. and we are from what we would call low middle class or working class backgrounds, six figures is what? Mm-hmm. It is, sorry, it is what my parents would only dream of. It is my parents are so darn proud of me. Like we've made it out of the ghetto. That is what it's what it represents. It's not the number, but it's the meaning that we have attached to the number, whatever that is. Wow. What you just said about it opening up doors to just the possibilities, that really hit me because for me, and I don't know what it was, but when I did hit it, I thought, wow, okay. If I can do this, I can do anything. What's my next number? Let me mm. pick a number. Boom. Right? I believe in myself. Like, I believe that I can do it. Like, it's just made things seem more possible, more real to me. You know? It also feels scary and it also feels like a shame that it's connected to a number. But maybe it really is. It, I think it's, it, it is what you said. It is. It's not the number. It's what it represents. Mm-hmm. And also, I have to say, I feel like I don't know if this is true, but I feel like people start taking you more seriously because I don't know who created this thing or why this particular figure matters. I don't know who created it, where it started, but suddenly people are like, "Oh, right. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, she's serious. Oh, this isn't just a little like you know little thing." she doesn't have spare time (laughs) you know Mm. but you know what's crazy though five figures is still a lot of money it is what's the difference between (laughs) like in all seriousness ninety-nine thousand to a hundred thousand i promise you i i you know it's funny because i was looking at my figures and i think i might i might have hit it last year don't i don't know because i was pregnant and I didn't, I really just didn't care. I was just trying to get enough money so I could do my maternity leave, right? Comfortably. <laughs> so I didn't track all the numbers. I only really like got an accountant and a bookkeeper who does everything for me at the beginning of this year, 2022, right? So I wasn't tracking the numbers. But I realized a few days ago, actually, maybe I hit it last year. So wait, wait, <laughs> wait, what does that mean? <laughs> like <You're> every day. <laughs> I th- now I'm just confused and I don't know anything about myself. I don't know what any of this means anymore. And it's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I I respect laying curve six years ago, spending thousands on this program because that takes a level of self-belief. Actually, some people might say it takes a level of desperation. Like you really want to get that, that place. That was the one. <laughs> that was it was <laughs> I'm not sure if there was any degree of self-belief but it was a desperation of okay you Gosh. know people are throwing this number around it must be possible for a lot of people to get there let's do this okay make it happen but 
you know, I remember when I hit six figures, I did not know when I hit six figures in my business, as in I didn't track it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I think maybe the end of year review and and we sat there and we're like, oh, Oh, I know. (laughs) We made that much money in this year. Gosh. But I I wish I could sit with the, you know, the Leinka from six years ago and say, Babes, it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even a big deal. It wasn't as big of a deal as you thought. That that's what I would would have loved to be able to say to her that your worth, your value, none of that was attached to a number mm-hmm. at all. It felt like it was at the time. It felt like we were failing hard. It felt like we were a waste of space, but we were okay. Mm-hmm. And we are still okay. You know, but I can say, has the six figures made a difference? Did it make a difference? Of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I was able to do things with my family and not just my children, my, my immediate household, but my extended family, my siblings, my parents that they've never, you know, we'd never got to experience when we were, when we were children and we were younger. And it's that thing of possibility, you know, and for me with my children, when it comes to money and having a different, not even different lifestyle, because my my son still says to me, "Mom, you, you know you live like, you know we need to just upgrade things." Mom needs an upgrade. Like, listen, <laughs> it's not about the money. He's <laughs> like, you know, you live like you're still poor. You know, you look like you're... I'm like, no. <laughs> Let's just spend the money on experiences. But I even being able an... to go places. Yes, I'm an experienced person as well. Just go and experience the world, see yeah. the world, yeah. you know. But then he, 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 I remember going, we went away with a good friend for a weekend away for the first time in a cottage in Suffolk. It was beautiful. And the first night my son pulled me aside and he said, thank you. Oh. I know that you have worked so hard for us to be here. And that for me was, yes, yes. Okay, yes, the money is nice, but you saw the grind. You saw the hours at night that I put into this. You saw the, sometimes the, ugh, get out of my face. <laughs> you saw all of it and you were here for all of it and with me through all of it. And I'm glad you recognize hard work. And he is the most hardworking young man that I know at 19. I'm wow. so darn proud of him because he's seen that. And, it, and it's like, it's not the money. It's the effort and what we do as a result of that. Oh, that's so, so lovely. <laughs> you reminded me of a conversation where I recently asked my six-year-old, what can I do to be an even better mother to you? And he said, hmm, you could work a little harder so you can make more money and I can have more things. <laughs> Basically, that's the formula. <laughs> so there you go. That's what I've got to do. I've got to upgrade him as well. That's so, it's so beautiful to just, I mean, we don't expect to thank you off our kids and we don't want to thank you off our kids, but to have that, that's everything. That is, that is everything. Yeah. And I yeah. think you're right. I think I have, until recently, really felt no shame around aiming for six figures because it really was about, you know, I've, I've had no money and I don't ever want to have no money again. Yes. It's not fun. 
it's not fun and I don't want to be there again and so if you know that motivates me to make more money because it's not the money it's the security and the stability and like you said it's what money affords you and what money money can give you and I don't think there's any shame in 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 wanting to to better your situation or your family situation you know it's interesting because like I said it's not the money it's what we attach to the money and it's that thing those things that are valuable to us and you just mentioned a few the the security security is a is a big thing actually for especially in these times to be secure to know that you have a home that you are going to be in you've got a roof over your head you've got food in your pantry in your fridge you've got the bills paid you can get you can not just get by but you can thrive yeah but at least the minimal you know like Maslow's hierarchy of need that security Mm -hmm. and safety that we need that's what a lot of us seek money and lots of money for to make sure that we're secure and our children are secure so we put that money into savings you know we invest in order to have security and there are other things you know that might be available to other people adventure experiences food but security is a big one and it's a top one but most of us don't recognize that that's what that's what we are actually going for. So sometimes we get the money in and we forget that it's the value of security that we're actually after and then we can blow it very easily because we've lost sight of the value mm. of the money itself. Wow, 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 wow. And to put this into perspective, I'm just thinking back to when I had my first son. So I had him, I had a C-section. I've had C-section with both my kids. The first time I had the C-section with him, I with I think I'd been out of hospital for three days and I needed to write some blog posts for a client. So I did. I was being paid £20 a blog post. And I remember being in so much pain and being so exhausted. Like the baby, baby was seven days old and I was trying to work because I just, I needed money. Okay, so that was my first situation with my first son. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Second time around with my second son, I'd been able to take, well, I stopped working about a month before my June and I'd been able to self-fund my maternity leave as someone who's self-employed and was able to take off and pay myself over seven or eight months so that I could spend that time with baby and recover because I knew I would most likely have another C-section and I did. And just the difference between those two experiences and Mm. the the motivation for me was to never ever be in a situation like I was that first time and it put a fire under me it really did and that fire's not gone out and I think that's what the six figures is about that's profound and I love that you have a deep why yeah with regards to that and it's it's not the money it's what the money gives me and my kids like I can be here and be present with my child. I can take care of my well-being. I don't need to be in pain and agony, baby in one hand, laptop on the other, and trying to crank out words. That is so beautiful, Iman. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you have been afforded with that security and with... Okay, can we just do like a, a flip fangirl moment here? Oh, oh are we flipping? <laughs> okay. 
Because I have watched you grow and it's been so beautiful to see you grow in your, in your space as a copywriter. And I, I, I see you as a leader in your field and to see you bloom. And it's almost as if, you know, your back is straighter and your chest is out and you're like, this is my space and this is my thing and I'm darn good at it. Like sometimes I get your email newsletters, right? And sometimes I, I read it. I'm like, look at her own in her space. We'd love to see it. You know, I, I love the authority and the belief that you show in yourself, in your, in your work, in your posts on, on LinkedIn. And it's just like, that is beautiful. And you've owned it. You're crushing it. You have, you're unapologetic about your charges. I remember coming to you to work with you. And you told me your fingers. I was like, yes, yes, she is worth that. It's just that I want her to do something else. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so Thank yeah, just you. plugging you out here. You're, you're phenomenal. And, and I'm glad that other people are, are seeing that and they're recognizing that and that you are being remunerated for that too. So keep going. Thank you so much. Thank you. And can I say that moment where you did land in my inbox? Asking to work with me. That was that was another moment for me. I was like, wait, wait, what? Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay, let's move on to how did this mistake make you? We have spoken about you making the mistake. Diving deep into that mistake. Why you made that mistake. But how... Did this mistake make you? Mm. It made me reevaluate myself, my beliefs, and it forced me to be okay with where I was. Because sometimes we can have our eyes so far ahead from where we are and so far away from where we are that we don't even see what's in front of us. We don't see the opportunities that are here. So even at the time when there would be a client who would want to work with me, but her funds weren't enough or whatever, and I was just starting out, right? Her funds weren't enough or whatever. I would, I could easily dis, dis, not disregard, but say, "Mm, yeah, well, no. Rather than exploring with her, what are the opportunities here? Like, what are the ways that we could make it work? What are the what's the long payment plan that we could put in place, mm-hmm. you know? And this six-figure focus stopped me from focusing and seeing what were the doors that were open to me and what were the opportunities and the ways that I could work with people. And so it's it forced me to be here as well as still having my heart set on there and creating plans towards there. And we often feel as if, if I'm not there, then I'm not moving. But sometimes we're so far out there that we can't even take steps from where we are right now. And it's been beautiful to strip it back. It was beautiful to strip it back and to reevaluate what stories and beliefs that I was telling myself, what I was thinking about myself that were, you know, how I might be getting my own way. And to think, okay, what do I need? And what are my specific outcomes? Because yeah, six figures when you're not even making a thousand. Let's let's be real out here. It's you know, a lot of and money. To set. <laughs> it's a huge jump. And it helped me to set more realistic 
outcome, but also to be kinder to myself because I did start berating myself after that, you know, and, and during that, just thinking, oh, you're, you're this and that. And Inamin girl was having a field day, but to, to lean into kindness, okay. All right. Is this true? No. What is true? I can do it. It is possible. And in the world of NLP, neurolinguistic programming, we have an assumption that we hold true, which is, you know, if it's possible in the world, then it's possible for you too. It's just a matter of how. And so I'm like, okay, it is possible. People are doing it. It's just a matter of how. But for me, before I got to the how, I really needed to get clear on my what and why. And my why I felt was shaky. It wasn't, it wasn't decisive. You know, as you have exp- expressed your why, it's so beautiful. My why actually was just about wanting to run away from my day job, really. And there was a point in 2016, 2017, when I did quit my day job, I wasn't making six figures. I was like, oh, so we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. So we can do them. Okay. And so I look back and think, what are all the beliefs that I had? I had so many limiting beliefs. I can't do this unless. This can't isn't possible for me. I can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. All the stories. And I thought, wow. It forced me to check myself, check myself hard and to embrace a more compassionate lens. And through that lens of compassion, I can make mistakes and still rise from them. I can take the lessons and take this next step forward, which I'm grateful that I've been able to do because then that has allowed me to feed that into my clients, feed that back. And so my mistake was an opening and I'm grateful for it. Oh, you just answered my next question, which was if you could go back and save your money with that coach, (laughs) would you? (laughs) Would you save the money? <laughs> you know, probably not. Probably not. I I think everything that happened, you know, if I didn't do that, I would have probably done something else. And I don't even know if that, I can't fathom to think of if that something else would have been any better or any worse. So let's just take that mistake and... and be okay with it (laughs) except that one Uh uh-huh yeah you know what's so funny me and my friend were having a conversation the other day and we were laughing and laughing Brie Weber for anyone who knows Brie we were laughing because when we first got into copywriting we both realized very quickly that we needed some kind of support and guidance so one of the first, first things I did was search for a coach and that's when I met Belinda Weaver who was my first ever copywriting coach she's brilliant and her membership is fantastic but it was a lot of money for me at the time I think it was something like 37 dollars a month which was maybe like at the time 24 pounds a month that was a lot of money for me at the time okay so me and Brie were just having the longest laugh of just the conversations that we were having with ourselves at the time because I was like £24 a month, you go, Iman, you invest in yourself, you invest in your business, you know, you take this risk, you do it. I was so proud of myself and I should have been proud of myself because it was a lot of money for me at the time. But to think of you investing thousands, and this is me investing £24 a month, (laughs) you're investing thousands. Yeah. 
there must have been something in you that believed you could do it. There must have been something. I, like a little something, anything. I don't know if I believed in myself or I believed that my God could, like, God could do it. It was right. <laughs> Wait, can he do it? Yes, he can. You yes, know, like, he can. <laughs> I think it was more that because, again, there was no, I didn't have, I didn't have anyone around me who spoke openly about their business experiences or what business was like. I didn't have anyone who was an entrepreneur who was in my, in my circle. So it was real, really lonely. And that's why I felt that I needed someone. And, and yes, having someone to work with is, I think is a privilege to be honest, but it's working with the right person. Absolutely. That, that part. I know it might sound like, oh, here she goes again, self-doubt. I just don't think that was even a a thing that was in my mind, maybe not even consciously anyway. I just knew that I wanted to do that. She says that she can do that. Okay, let's go. I think I believed in her more than I believed in myself, if I'm honest. I was going to say, was it the coach you believed in? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. You said earlier on, one of the most important things about one of the most important things we have to do before choosing a coach is figuring out what we want, you know, what our why is. What is the what and what is the why? How do you even begin to figure that out? I think if I were to start all over again, and I've thought about dismantling my business, by the way. Yeah, I, I thought about just going to get a job in a supermarket and talk to people all day. I get, I get I still get to talk but if yeah if I were to start and and to start from that place of what do I want I would think of not so far ahead even in terms of money I would think of what do I want to do what do I want to leave this world with if I could write my obituary today what would I want it to say what's the imprint and sometimes that would look like a business and that sometimes it will look like something else. It doesn't necessarily even have to be. But it, it can be really hard for us, especially women, to know what we want because our wants have for a long time, or for, the, for, for, for many of us, are attached to other people and who we are to other people. And that's why sometimes I feel as women in business, we are really stretched identity-wise because I'm this woman attached to other people, a daughter, a sister, a cousin, a friend, a wife, a spouse, a, you know, a, a, a partner, a, whatever it might be, a mother. And now this is me on my own out here. It feels like the wild west, just the wilderness. And it's scary. So the idea of what do I want rather than what do I want for us or what do what do what 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 do we need and want? What do I want? It challenges us and it strikes something deep in us to see ourselves, and that's where sometimes feelings of unworthiness comes from. Because where your worth has been attached to other people or to specific outcomes, and now it's just like, okay, me, am I even allowed to want that? Am I allowed? Do I have permission to want that? Do I need to ask him or her or them? 
And that's why we go to coaches sometimes to figure it out for us. Mm-hmm. What do you think I should want for myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me what you think my dream should be. And that whole dreaming big and thinking and visioning and things like that, if you're not accustomed to it, it's hella scary. And that's why sometimes it's the first thing to do is just to see yourself and to see yourself as worthy and deserving and whole and okay as you are, whatever the outcomes might be, but you as an individual. So, and then sometimes I, I advise people to write it in, in third person and say in third person. So Leyinka wants, like, okay, I can talk about myself from a different vantage point. Wow. And it's easier. It's easier. She wants this. Wow. Okay. That's what she wants. So she wants that. I want that too. Oh, God. Am I allowed? Yes. Yes, you have permission. Yeah. That's huge. And I'm going to try that. That's huge. What do you hope that others learn from this experience that you've shared today? I would say have an honest conversation with yourself about where you are right now. Whatever stage you're at, you know, especially for those of you who are starting out in business or anyone who's starting out in business and you've got hot eyes for the idea of six figures to come back to where you are right now and to have that conversation about if six figures is what you want, what makes it so important to you? What is it that you really yearn for? Or you think that six figures will get you and open up to you? And is it possible that another number can do that too fast? That part. And also check in with all the red flags that I mentioned <laughs> <laughs> someone telling you that you should get a loan, someone telling you that you've got mindset issues if you don't want to invest with, in working with them, someone who's going to promise you that they can legit, yes, 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 I can get you six figures, I've got the perfect strategy, all of that. Avoid those as much as possible. Ask questions to know the, the reality of the person that you're going to work with and check in with their ethos and their values and their heart. Ask them, interview them and ask them what's important to you because that's the person that is supposedly supposed to be guiding you on your journey. You want, you want to be with someone who you align with values wise, who is down for what you need and what you want. And it might be that you have a different business coach at different parts of your journey. And that person who is six figures might not be the one that you need right now. You might need one who's used to working with early entrepreneurs because the six-figure babes, right, they are usually very impatient with those who are babies in the journey. (laughs) And so someone who can hold your hand in the beginning stages and say, hey, I've got you. I know know you're going to trip and I know it's hard and I know that's a lot of self-belief that like non-belief in yourself is going to come up. And I'm going to help you work through every single one of them because I've been there like that. And I understand it and I get it. I know I talk a lot from the heart because I'm a bit of a hippie. We I'm, very heart- <laughs> I'm very heart-centered. Not everyone is like that. Some people need like, you know, mm-hmm. no nonsense. 
go with what vibes with your heart, but check in if there's any level of discomfort, any doubt. It's not about the money that you're meant to invest with that person. There's something, there's a call, there's a calling inside you to check it. Your intuition, trust your intuition, trust your gut. And I pray that you're, you know, you're guided to the best person and to the the journey and you are going to make mistakes and you're going to fall and you can pick yourself up and learn from them and laugh at them like I'm laughing at myself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Layinka. <laughs> How can people find you if they want to stay connected to you? They can visit my website, leeinkasani.com or one word. They can find me on Instagram, YouTube. Don't check me on Twitter. I chat a lot of rubbish on Twitter. LinkedIn too. <laughs> And your Instagram is great. Instagram is definitely where I I show up the most. But yeah, those just search for me. <laughs> my my full my full name is actually Ola Yinka Sunny. Really? However, okay, yeah, this is a this is a not so shared story. But my full name is Ola Yinka Sunny. However, I share my name with a WNBA player, and oh. so when we Google my name, you can't find me on Google with my name because she is taking the spotlight as she should so I took my O off I took my O off so that I can be googled and I can be so even if you type Layinka you will find me first first position on Google (laughs) yes you will I did not know that wow so what do your friends and family call you what do they call you Olayinka Olayinka wow you learn something every day (laughs) There we go. Oh, thank yeah, you. I'm for just, I'm that. just, I'm just Leinka in the public eye, but all my friends and family call me Leinka. Yeah. Thank you, Leinka. It was so lovely chatting to you, and I think so many people are going to get so much from this conversation. So, thank you for your time. Oh, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. This feels like a a beautiful conversation we had today. So, it was. This conversation was like therapy for me. So much of what Leinka and I spoke about comes down to our relationship with ambition and money. I loved it. But I do recognize that there's an anti-six-figure community out in the business world at the moment. There are people who are absolutely sick of hearing about it. I get that. And there are people who shame the business owners who are aiming for it. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with aiming for six figures, but... I do think there should be more honesty about what it really means. For example, I made six figures in revenue last year, not in profit. And that distinction matters. Did I pay myself anywhere close to six figures? Nope. Am I rich now? Like I always thought I'd be. No, I am still a long way away from that point. Leinka says she ran before she could walk because she was so intent on hitting this random goal she'd created for herself. And I think that's the point here. Whatever your goals are, make sure you understand the why and make sure it's what you want and not what society tells you you want. And know that most great things don't happen overnight. It takes time to grow a successful business. A lot of time. Progress can feel slow sometimes, but progress is progress. So just keep going. You're listening to Mistakes That Made Me. I'm Iman Ismail, and if you love this episode, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, and tell everyone you know that this is the podcast to listen to. And tag me, at Iman Coffee Co, so we can say hi, and so I can share your post. You can find the links to everything I've mentioned today in the show notes. 
next time on Mistakes That Made Me. I honestly wanted the ground to just open up and just take me. Just take me now. Because, and that was when I was like, I knew, I knew this was going to happen. But because I was being the nice black girl, I did push back and say, this is undeliverable. <laughs> you can't, you can't deliver this training. And so I was like, what am I going to do? 